welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here on a spring break week. It's nice not to be all alone here up here, so thank you for being here. I don't know if you guys caught it, but uh, in our gospel this morning, right at the beginning, there is a odd and uh, I think kind of puzzling little contradiction. So St. John tells us that now Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, right? Which makes sense. I mean, we know that Jesus has stayed with them. He's had intimate conversations with them. Mary's washed his feet with her tears. So these aren't just casual acquaintances, right? They're like family. So when Jesus hears that Lazarus, someone he deeply loves, is dying, what does he do? What do we expect him to do? Does he, does he drop everything? Does he make a beeline for Bethany? No, he doesn't, does he? In fact, St. John tells us, so when Jesus heard that Lazarus was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. He remained for two days in the place where he was. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what? Lord Lazarus is dying, you love him, and you remain in two, for two days? What's going on here? What are you thinking? Maybe some of you have asked those same questions in your own life in a different form. Lord, what are you doing? Lord, why are you allowing this? I mean, we all have those times in our life where we run up against adversity, right? And we turn to the Lord in prayer and we surrender it and voila, right? A way opens, healing happens, the cross is lifted, an answer comes. But those aren't the times I'm talking about. I'm talking about those times when a cross comes along that's heavy, dark, scary, completely out of our control, and inescapable. So maybe we're given a terminal diagnosis, or we see a lifelong partner or a parent slipping away due to dementia, or we see our child's life going, a child's life going down a path that we would do anything to save them from. Or maybe we're bowed down under the heavy, crushing, unrelenting weight of depression. I don't mind telling you in my own life, there have been a couple of times where I've struggled with some pretty severe anxiety. I'm not talking about stress. Stress is easy, right? I'm talking about this paralyzing, amorphous, deeply unsettling, absolutely unrelenting assault where I could feel the fear just squeezing my gut, right, and throbbing in my fingers, so much so that I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't even sit still. Guys, I would just pace and pace and pace. And here's the thing. No matter how much I prayed, no matter which devotions I prayed, no matter how much I tried to distract myself, which, by the way, was impossible, no matter how much I analyzed it and tried to reason through it, it would not lift. Maybe some of you have been there as well. Well, this kind of suffering, whether it's anxiety, or maybe for you it's, it's sorrow, or maybe it's hopelessness, or maybe it's loneliness, or maybe it's just unrelenting physical pain. Whatever it is, there's something deeply mysterious about this. It can't be figured out, it can't be thought away, and maybe hardest of all, in our darkest, loneliest hour, God can seem so silent, so far away, so distant. Right, we're talking about, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? 
Well, friends, if you've been there, or maybe if you are there, I want to assure you, you are not alone. You're not alone. If you're stuck there, if you just can't seem to move on, I want to assure you, it's okay to be stuck. Sometimes, like Lazarus, the Lord leaves us in the tomb for his own mysterious reasons. We all want to jump to resurrection, right? That's, that would be great. That'd be easy. It's natural. It's human, right? We want to escape. But sometimes, rather than just lifting us out of our darkness, God asks us to remain, giving us instead the strength to endure. Sometimes he delays answering our pleas because heaven's timeline is just different than ours. Resurrection will come. It will. We've been promised that. We heard that in our first reading today. But it doesn't always come when we want it to. So, obviously, the waiting isn't fun, right? In fact, it kind of sucks. But there are some things we can do to weather the storm, and I thought maybe I could just share three that I've found helpful in my own life. So, here are the three when you're struggling. Number one, keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. I don't know if you've ever noticed that the central image of our faith, the one we put in every single church, isn't the risen Christ, but the crucifix. The crucifix. As if Jesus is saying to us, my brother, my sister, I'm not just in heaven. My sacrifice is eternal. And so I remain in the deepest, darkest places of your life, too, waiting for you there, ready to support you there, even when you can't sense me. And in fact, it's often then that I'm closest to you. I am right here. So what does that mean for us? Well, it's tempting when we're struggling to keep the focus on ourselves and our struggles, right? To keep giving them attention and therefore energy. So we worry about the future. Is this ever going to end? Or we fixate on the past. And none of that helps. The Lord's not in the future or the past. He's right here. The Lord's not just up in heaven. He's right here in the middle of the struggle. So to keep our eyes on the Lord means to deliberately, deliberately take our attention and direct it towards him. Maybe that's by thanking him for our blessings. Or maybe that's by praising him. Or maybe that's by contemplating his own suffering on the cross. My own experience is that when we can do that, there's an opening created whereby God can send us little signs, encouragements, often in completely unexpected ways. And those can be hugely helpful when we're struggling, when we're just trying to keep going. The prophet Nehemiah reminds us that it, rejoicing in the Lord must be your strength. Rejoicing in the Lord must be your strength. That can sound counterintuitive when we're struggling, but it's true. So keep your eyes on the Lord. Number two, take solace in Scripture. Take solace in Scripture. You guys, God's Word is powerful. All of us, I think, should have one or two Scripture verses memorized that we can pray every day so that when the hard times come, those words are there for us. For me, it's Isaiah 41, where God says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, because I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. When the weight of the world is pressing in on us, Scripture becomes a lifeline, keeping us connected to God and his strength, even when we can't connect with his peace. So I would encourage you to find a verse of Scripture for yourself, one that works for you, and pray it every day. Write it down. 
And when you find yourself alone and, strong, and struggling, those words will come back. And it's amazing how helpful they can be. So take solace in Scripture. Finally, number three, lean on those who love you. Lean on those who love you. When you don't have the strength to carry your own cross, lean on the Marthas and Marys in your own life. Loved ones, friends, holy people that you know, confide in them. Talk to them about what's going on. Ask them to pray for you. Ask them to pray over you. Hopefully we all have at least one or two prayer warriors in our lives that we can call on in our need. I can tell you in my own experience, in my darkest moments, the ears and the prayers of others, including, by the way, the Blessed Mother and the saints, they have often sustained me in a way that I can actually sense. Even physically, I can feel them. So we don't have to do it all on our own. God never intended for us to do it all on our own. Right? He makes us church so that we can carry each other. So have the humility to ask for help. Lean on those who love you. And that's it, really, you guys. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Take solace in Scripture. Lean on those who love you. So this week, I would encourage you for your homework, take just one of those. Don't try and do all three, but take just one of those and practice it. So get a crucifix, put it somewhere prominent in your home where you can see it, and just contemplate it for a few minutes each day. Or find a scripture verse that you can memorize. Write it down and pray it every morning until you've got it committed to memory. Or talk to someone you trust. Confide in them. Ask them to pray for you. There are times in each of our lives where God leaves us waiting in the tomb, waiting for him to act. Until he does act, we don't have to wait alone. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.